I'm Katie Sewell, and this is A Bittersweet Moment with Tiffany Parks. Hello, and welcome to The Bittersweet Life. I'm Tiffany Parks, and this is your midweek bittersweet moment. Today, I did something kind of amazing, just a few hours ago, in fact. I walked up the holy staircase on my knees, as you do, that has been uncovered for the first time in 300 years. So first, a little bit of background. The holy staircase is supposedly, always grain of salt as far as Catholic relics are concerned, but it is believed to be the very same staircase that Christ walked up when he was on his way to be interrogated by Pontius Pilate just before the crucifixion. Obviously, that's, that happened in Jerusalem, not in Rome, but nevertheless, the staircase was brought to Rome, supposedly again, by St. Helena. St. Helena was the mother of Emperor Constantine. She was converted to Christianity, and she was very, very big in the relics. She was very passionate about them. This is the early 4th century, by the way, just to give you a bit of a frame of reference. In around 326, Helena, somehow, I guess using her connections as the emperor's mom, found a way to have the staircase brought from Jerusalem to Rome. I cannot give you the shipping receipt as proof, but most people, and not just the Catholic Church, but most people do agree that these are likely, I'm not going to say probably, but these are likely those very same stairs. So they were brought to Rome in 326. What happened to them in that period? I actually don't know. This is the same period in which St. Helen had the true cross of Christ brought to Rome, and that got splintered into like gazillions of pieces, and they're in little pieces of it are all over the world. I guess it's a little bit easier to split apart a wooden cross than a set of marble stairs, but be that as it may, I don't really know. I couldn't find in my research what happened to the staircase in between 326 and 1589. And I know what you're saying. That's a long time for a set of marble stairs to go missing. But anywho, they were eventually re-erected, if that's the right word, in a small building near St. John's in Lateran in Rome by Pope Sixtus V. In this area was the original palace of the popes. Side note, the popes did not always live in the Vatican. The Vatican was not the center of the papal power back in the Middle Ages. It was St. John in Lateran, the Lateran Palace. So there was a small palace, a medieval palace, across the street, basically, from San Giovanni, the church, the, the Cathedral of Rome. This was rebuilt by Pope Sixtus V in 1589. And I suppose when redoing this palace, he thought, well, I might as well get those stairs out of storage and put them up. And that is when the staircase, the holy staircase, was, was incorporated into this small church called San Lorenzo in Palatio. So the building was decorated. There were frescoed walls and ceiling on the sides and above, obviously, the staircase. And pilgrims from around Europe, from around the world, were invited to climb the stairs on their knees as an act of penitence. And also pilgrims for centuries have been coming to Rome to see the important relics of the city, to touch the relics, to touch things that were connected with Christ in any way or with any of the saints. So this became a very, very popular thing to do. 
thousands and thousands and who knows, maybe even millions of pilgrims climbed those stairs on their knees in the years between 1589 and 1723, to the point that the stairs were becoming completely worn down with huge grooves in them. So at that time, a pope, I can't quite remember which pope, but I want to say Leo something, he decides that he's going to have the stairs covered with wood to protect them because so many thousands and thousands and hundreds of thousands of people are climbing these stairs every day. So they were covered with wood. There were small recesses left in the uh, lower part of each step running side to side so that pilgrims could reach through and touch the marble of the stairs, not the top, but the front part. I climbed those stairs many, many years ago uh, with a Catholic friend who had come to visit. I thought it was pretty amazing at the time, but that staircase has now recently been restored as well as the frescoes around it. And they have taken the wooden covering off of the staircase for the first time in almost 300 years. Interestingly, when they took that wooden covering off of the staircase, they found coins, rosaries, photographs, and small handwritten notes and prayers that people had stuck through the recesses over all of those years. And now, just for this period, just since they uncovered it maybe a month ago until Pentecost of this year, which is June 9th, you can climb the holy staircase on your knees without the wooden covering on it. So I did that today. I have to say that it was both very special and also very painful. Um, There were a lot of people there. As you can imagine, it's a big deal. It's something that attracts people no matter what, but particularly now that the covering is off and you can actually put your hands and your knees, obviously, on the actual stairs that many believe Christ walked up. It was a very special thing, but the marble was so incredibly hard. And not only that, like I said, the steps are not flat, not even close. They are deeply, deeply grooved to the point that it's like the groove is maybe six inches deep or more. It's really hard even to believe that they could be grooved so much. If I didn't see it with my own eyes, I definitely would not have believed it. There were a lot of people there, as I said, so you have to go very slowly because people stop to pray on every single step. And I did the same. I had a few names of relatives and friends of mine who need particular prayers in this moment. And so I I prayed for them on every single step. It was kind of amazing. And on the top of the staircase, you're rewarded by getting to see something called the Sancta Sanctorum. Literally, that means the Holy of Holies. It's an incredible chapel. That was actually the Pope's private chapel in the Middle Ages. Remember I told you there was a palace there that was destroyed by Pope Sixtus V in 1589 when the staircase was re-erected? Well, he made sure to preserve one small room in that building and incorporate it into the new one, and that was the Sancta Sanctorum. It is an incredible chapel that was frescoed in the 13th century by unknown artists. It's so beautiful, and it is so incredibly well-preserved. That is what really struck me about it. 
you know, you often find frescoes from that period in Rome. It's not that rare, but it's very rare to find them in such impeccable condition. And they have also recently been restored. And an interesting thing about that chapel is that it's only been open to the public for 25 years, which is really incredible to me. It was private and they didn't let anyone in. And I really recommend to people to visit the Sancta Sanctorum. If you're not Catholic and you have no desire to climb the holy stairs on your knees, you can go up. There's a side staircase and you can go up in the normal way and visit the Sancta Sanctorum. If the art is more appealing to you, it is absolutely worth it. And there are frescoes of several different martyrdoms and angels and, of course, Christ. And it's just, it's just absolutely incredible. And I cannot believe that I have lived in Rome for almost 15 years and I have not seen the Sancta Sanctorum yet and not until today. And you may be thinking, Tiffany, didn't you say you went to the Scala Santa several years ago, the Holy Staircase several years ago and climbed up when it was covered with wood? Uh, Yes, I did. And I did not know about the Sancta Sanctorum and I did not visit it. And I just walked down the stairs and went home. I cannot believe what I missed. Just spectacular is all I can say. I just wanted to share with you that experience that I had today and suggest that if and when you are in Rome, you go visit one or both of those sites. This has been your bittersweet moment. I'm Tiffany Parks. Join us again. Bye. Thanks for listening. And please become a subscriber to the show. Click that subscribe button on your podcast app. It's that easy. You know what else is easy? Right now, if you have your phone in your hand, pick one friend, just one, maybe two, just one, and send them a message suggesting that they subscribe to The Bittersweet Life too. We need your help to keep our community growing. Find videos and pictures and ongoing discussion questions on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just search for The Bittersweet Life Podcast. And we want to include you in the show. So send your questions and topics and your personal stories to us by email or voice memo at bittersweetlife at mail.com or by clicking contact at thebittersweetlife.net. Talk to you next week. Bye.